0: Man, I'm excited to be here. And first of all, you guys helped me give a shout-out to the Boynton campus. Come on, Boynton. If you're in there, we love you. Those of you tuned in from church at home, big shout-out to you. And I also want to give a shout-out to a friend of mine, Brett Day, because um, as you guys know, and Pastor Scott just shared Uh, First of all, let's be praying for his family. Barbara Baugh is amazing, and his family is absolutely incredible. So two days ago, they reached out and said, hey, can you teach? And all of a sudden, I froze up. I said, two days to prepare for a message for all of these people. Lord Jesus, I don't know what I'm going to do here. But I said yes. And then Brett actually sat up with me and worked with me on it last night. And this morning actually came in and prayed for me in the green room. See, community matters. And he helped me to realize as as I was back there, I was getting nervous. And God was like, Junior, just remember this. You're speaking to family. And Pastor Scott reminded me, he's like, Junior, don't forget. You're speaking to family. And Journey Church, thank you that I feel comfortable enough that today, even if I don't do good, you'll still love me, yes. right? I had to set the stage with that just in case, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> and I also want to give a, a shout to your pastor, Josh Renee. Didn't he do a great job last week? Come on. And I got to tell you, so... I was sitting at the Boynton campus, and he comes up on the big screen, and every time I'm there, right, I always have this thought when I see Pastor Josh show up on the screen at Boynton is this. I look at the outfits that he wears. Can you put that picture up? And I'm like, is there any way I could ever pull that off? And 99.999% of the time it's snow, right? It's like a leopard print shirt with some skinny jeans, and he's doing a little like Michael Jackson thriller walk. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how I caught that. But he's doing Thriller out there, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to my brother Thriller, um, Josh Renee, we love you. And thank you for all that you do. And for those who don't know me, my name's Junior, and I get to be one of the teaching pastors here at Journey Church. And I also get to be part of Recovery Church, where we help addicts and alcoholics find freedom from drug and alcohol addiction in Jesus Christ. Come on, we're... God is making a difference, and... And see, my goal today is to just bring some hope to my journey, family. Come on, there's been so much chaos in our world that I feel like we need some hope. Anybody could use some hope today? Come on, raise your Can you use some hope? Right? So today, I'm going to be your hope dealer, all right? And I just talked about recovery. Remember, it's not dope dealer. I said hope dealer. The pills ain't going to do it, but Jesus will, okay? So we're going to bring some hope. In this house today. So as a matter of fact, let's start with hope. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, hey, I hope this is good. <laughs> now turn to your second choice and tell them, I hope this is short. <laughs> I'm ready to go have brunch today. Don't not tell him, tell him, I hope this is short. I want to go have brunch today. And I want to start off with just a quick story um, about two frogs. So when you're talking about hope, I think hope is important. When I was in business, I used to go back to this story because it would remind me um, something specific and something special in that story. So I'll start with the story. Maybe you know it, but it's about these two frogs and these two frogs end up falling into a ditch, right? And after they fall in this deep ditch, they try to jump out and they keep jumping and jumping and they can't make it out. And a bunch of other frogs came and surrounded that hole and they start yelling, hey man, stop jumping. You're never gonna make it. And they keep jumping and jumping. Like, listen, you're wasting your time. Just die already. Don't keep jumping. You're not going to make it. And one of the frogs decides to give up and stops jumping. But the other crazy frog, right, he's just still jumping. And, hey, listen, stop jumping. Stop, just, just stop doing it. You're not going to make it. And all of a sudden, boom, a miracle happens. And the frog jumps out. And they're like, this is crazy, right? So all the frogs go over and they're like, hey, listen, we kept telling you that you weren't going to make it. How did you do it? And it turns out that the frog was deaf. The frog had no idea what they were saying. The frog thought he was being encouraged. He's like, everybody's encouraging me. And he made it out. And here's the thing, y'all, maybe in this season, we need to be like this frog, can't we? Come on, we need to deaf ourselves to all the negativity in this world and tune into the world of God and the Word of God, right? We need, to stop. we need to keep jumping. Come on, some of us stop jumping because of all the negativity. But I'm gonna be that little frog that could. I just make two stories together little engine, little frog. You know, and we're just gonna keep on jumping until we make it out. Because, see, hope is actually a wonderful thing, isn't it? See, hope keeps you looking forward to something. I believe there's so many people in here today that maybe you, you stop dreaming. Maybe you stop being excited about life, right? I mean, at one point, maybe you were excited, but now you're just like, man, I just, I turn on the news. It's so negative. There's just so much negativity. And you, 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 you stop being excited about life. So today, my hope is to bring some excitement back. And the title of my message today is Faith It Till You Make It. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, faith it till you make it. Come on, we ain't fake around here. We're not going to fake it till we make it. We're going to faith it till we make it. We're going to believe it until we make it. Cuz see, here's the thing. So many people have been walking through a difficult season this year and and so what I want to talk about today is how do we stay hopeful in a situation that seems hopeless? Right, how do we stay hopeful? in a situation that seems hopeless. And see, some of us need hope restored in a relationship, right? Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe, maybe it's your kids that don't talk to you. Maybe it's a friend in school, right? And you guys used to be close, and all of a sudden, you guys don't talk anymore. So some of us maybe need uh, hope restored in a relationship, right? Some of us need hope restored in getting a relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been like, I'm waiting for my Boaz, and he ain't come yet, so I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm so done waiting for him. He's not, you know and you gave up like we need to restore hope god and somebody that's waiting for a relationship some of us need hope restored in our finances can i get an amen come on we don't some of us we're like we don't even need hope restored we need resurrection power cuz hope been gone my finances is dead i need jesus to say lazarus get up right and bring life to my finances cuz money has gotten so tight some of us need restoration in our health, and we need to restore hope, and maybe it will get better one day, right? We're struggling with some health issues, and, and some of us, maybe we need hope restored over an addiction, right? Maybe it's something you've been watching. Maybe it's been something you've been running to and drinking or smoking or doing, right? And you've tried to quit doing that thing, but you failed time and time again, and all of a sudden now, you've just lost hope, and you're, you're giving up, and you're not jumping anymore. And see, church, this is why faith is so important, isn't it? Because see, Hebrews 11, one actually tells us, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. See, faith is believing in something that you cannot see. So even though it's not here yet, I'm gonna believe what God said about it and believe that it's gonna come to pass. See, hope is a wonderful thing. Did you guys know that a clinical definition of depression is when they've lost light at the end of the tunnel, when they no longer have hope, depression starts to set in. So today we're gonna talk about how do we stay hopeful in a situation that seems hopeless. And let's ask the Holy Spirit to speak because my words have no power without God. So let's pray. Um, God, I just thank you so much for every single person that's in this room. And God, you know what's going on in the world. It's not a surprise to you. And God, you know what's going on in the lives of every single person in this room at Boynton watching online. And God, you want to breathe hope and faith back into their lives. God, you said it is impossible to please you without faith. God, you want us to be able to believe in something that we can't see. So God, I pray that today, Lord, no matter where we are, that you would breathe life back into our lives and that you would breathe hope and faith back into our lives today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. So today I wanna to start off with John sixteen thirty three. And here's the thing, guys, if you know a scripture and you love the scripture, man, I recommend you memorize that scripture because it can get you through some really hard times, right? So let's read John sixteen thirty three together. This is Jesus speaking, and he says this, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. See, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I've overcome the world. Some of y'all needed to hear that today. In this world, you will have trouble. He didn't say you might have trouble. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I've overcome the world. So I put it in my terms. So simply put, it's this. In this world, you're going to get some curveballs. But when they come, don't worry, we're going somewhere, okay? When the curve balls come, don't worry, we're going somewhere. Let me ask you a question, Journey. Have you ever just been doing good? And like, you're just excited, things are going well in your life, and then all of a sudden, out of left field. Come on, by the way, why do they call it left field? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm like, I'm distracted. I mean, I would, why don't they call it right field, you know? Maybe it's not right, I don't know. But either way, out of left field, something comes and hits you and throws you off of your game. Come on, do y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, listen, you just finally paid the car off, the warranty ended, and the day you made the last payment, the check engine light came on. You're like, seriously? Jesus, I just paid it off today of all days? Come on. Or you just bought the house and something broke? Come on, you just bought it and the AC went on it. And you're like, Jesus, seriously? I just bought this house and I got to repair the AC? Or for some of us with older kids, maybe it's this, right? Your kids have graduated. They've gone to college. You got one last one in the house and you can't wait for him to get out. You love him. Don't hear me wrong. But you can't wait. You, You tell your spouse, we about to be some empty nesters up in here. The house is ours again, right? And that child goes off to college, but another one of your children moves back in. Come on, somebody. You're like, Jesus, please, what happened? And here's the worst part. They come back by themselves. They brought their children too. Oh, my goodness. Now you got their wife and kids and you got a whole zoo at the house. How could this happen? Lord, I thought we finally made it. Oh, goodness, Right? Or maybe, last one, right? Maybe you finally start showing up to work on time and then they're going to fire you. It's like, wait a minute. All them other times I was good, but I finally get my act together and all of a sudden, now you all going to fire me? I'm showing up on time. I don't understand this. But here's the thing I've realized sometimes. When things finally start to look up, something goes down and causes you to lose hope. Come on, do that for a moment. When things finally start to look up, Something goes down and starts to rob you of the hope that you have. Come on, Journey. Do you understand? Has it ever happened to you when things were finally looking up? Some of us, it was right before the pandemic. Things are finally looking up. Something went down, and it stole my hope. And the reason why that's so important is because it shows us that our focus actually matters, doesn't it? Because here's the thing. When you got frustrated about the check engine light being on in your car. Let me ask you this. What are you focused on? Are you still focused on the blessing that you paid off your car? Are you focused on the the check engine time? Come on, When, 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 when the AC broke or something broke in the house, let me ask you, Journey, when you got frustrated, were you focusing on, God just gave me a house. I own a piece of property in America. Or were you focused on that one thing that went wrong? come on somebody sometimes what the enemy does is god will do something big in our lives and he will send something right to come and distract us come on when the kids are finally ready to move out and the family move back in yeah i ain't really got a good one for that one yet that's that's tough i I ain't gonna lie that's tough you know you was ready you was ready no no but but kids are a blessing right they keep you young right so yeah they move back in but guess what Now you get to be a grandparent, you get to hang out, and you know what, you can have the house to yourself whenever you want. Just tell them, you know, don't come this week, you know, send them on vacation, or you go on vacation, right? And come on, how about that job, right? I'm frustrated that they fired me, but here's the thing, guys. When when I got frustrated that I got fired, was I more focused on like, hey, maybe God is going to bring me to a better job, and I can make a new name for myself. Right now I'm known as the dude that don't show up. There, I'm going to be a new creation, right? And I'm going to be the guy that shows up to work. And they're going to be like, that guy there is faithful, right? You don't need to re-earn a new name. You get a brand new one to start with. What are we focused on in those moments, Journey Church? What are you focused on in this season, Journey? Are you focused on all of the amazing things that God has done in your life? Or are you focused on the, the loud things that are in front of you right now? They're trying to distract you from the beauty of what God has done. And see, today, Journey, we're going to talk about the Israelites. And I wanted to focus on Joshua and Caleb. And, you know, this is a story you've probably heard before. I'll be short in it. But sometimes we don't need a new story. We just need to remember an old one. Right? Sometimes we don't need something new. We just need to remember. If we did what we knew, it would be amazing what would come through in our lives. Amen? Come on. Sometimes we just need to remember. So we're going to look at their story because Joshua and Caleb— had enough faith to get into the promised land. And here's what I've learned. Faith is the key that unlocks doors. So today, we're gonna look at the Israelites. And just to give you some quick context, so as you know, the Israelites were in captivity for about 400 years, and then God sends this man named Moses to go and rescue them, right? So we're gonna pick up right now in Exodus 3, verse 16. And I want you to see something you maybe you've never seen before. So it says this, Now go and call together all of the elders of Israel. Tell them Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to me. He told me that I have been watching closely and see how the Egyptians are treating you. Come on, one of y'all needed to hear that. Come on, God is not a distant God that doesn't know what's going on in your life. God has been watching closely, and he sees how your boss is treating you. He sees how your spouse is treating you. Come on, spouses, you better treat your spouse better because God is watching, right? He, He sees all of the things that you're going through right now. It's not that he's outside of the details. God knows. So the first thing I want you to know is God sees what you're going through. Then he says, I have promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. So first thing is he sees, number two, he's promised to rescue you. But he's not just gonna rescue you and leave you stranded. Here's what he says next. He's like, I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey. Come on, somebody. So things you need to see here is one, he hears and sees the details of your life and what you're walking through today, Journey. Number two, he's gonna rescue you from the thing that you're walking through, but he's not just gonna rescue you and leave you. He says, I'm gonna lead you to a good place. A good place. Some of you needed to hear that because you may be in between the fact that he sees you and the good place. You might be in that in-between right now, You might be in that wilderness right now. You might be in the rescue part right now. And sometimes you can lose hope in the rescue. But remember, God didn't just say, hey, I'm going to, I've seen what they've done. I'm going to rescue you. He said, no, no, no. I'm going to lead you to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Come on, milk is soothing. Honey is soothing. Then again, you know, my brain goes even while I'm on stage. Well, milk is soothing unless you're lactose intolerant. (laughs) Then it's not. Sorry. But outside of that context, if you're not, you know, milk is soup, God is leading you to a good place, but you can't miss what he says next. He says, the land where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Parasites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the Cellulites. I heard me say that one before. That's a bad one too, right? Where all of those ites live is where I'm actually taking you. Now, here's the thing. I wanna point this out. So God actually makes them a promise. Hey, I'm taking you to a good place. But we may miss this sometimes. He's like, the land of the Jebusites, the parasites, the cellulites. Let me put it in today's context, okay? Put it in today's context. So here's what God is really saying. He's like, hey, listen, um, I have a beautiful house for you in Atlantis. Come on, somebody. It is seven bedrooms. There is a swimming pool. There is a tennis court. You even got a jacuzzi. You know what I'm saying? It's a beautiful thing, right? And you even got an elevator in the house, right? But he says, but there's about 12 people living there right now. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. I was that kid in school that's always going to ask questions, right? So I'd be like, "Um, excuse me, um, Mr. God, uh, Mr. God, sir, Um, real, real quickly. Hey, first of all, thank you for this promise, right? Thank you for this beautiful house. It sounds amazing. I can't wait. Seven bedrooms, jacuzzi. I've been waiting. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, first of all, I just want to say thank you. But, but quick question, uh, who's going to take care of them 12 people? Right? Come on. God made your promises. That say, I'm going to give you a bunch of beautiful children. Beautiful children with good hair and all this stuff. You're going to have some good kids. And, and so I'm like, um, Jesus, uh, hey, God, God? Hey, uh, Mr. Okay. Um, hey, first of all, thank you, right, for, for this promise of beautiful children. Kids are awesome. I can't wait. I love kids. But quick question, who's going to take care of them kids, right? Like, who, who's going to who gonna take care of them kids? Uh, uh, oh, you're going to send me a wife. Praise the Lord. Jesus, you're going to send me. She's going to take care. That's all. I needed the right expectation. Uh, oh, wait, but I got to help too. Okay, so she ain't going, so I got to. So we both going, okay, I feel what you're saying, God. I just needed the right expectation because here's the thing I need you to know, Journey Church, is sometimes having the wrong expectation leads you to future resentment, right? Some of us are resentful today because we had the wrong expectation and we walked into a situation that left us bitter. And see, one thing that I've learned about this is this, is that I heard the saying people used to say back in the day, hey, expect the worst and hope for the best. Have you ever heard that before, Journey? Expect the worst and hope for the best. I don't agree with that. Isn't that an awful way to live? Like, expect the worst. I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop, right? Like, hey, I'm finally doing good in my addiction, but I'm just going to relapse. I got to expect the worst, right? It's going to happen, right? Hey, I just built the business, but one of these days, I'm going to get robbed at gunpoint, going to the bank by myself in a dark alley, you know, and I'm going to be wearing blue jeans and a black shirt. You get that descriptive in your thoughts, right? And, and it's just going to be bad, right, right, right? And you're sitting here, and, and, and all of a sudden, you have this expectation for things to actually go wrong. Expect the worst, and hope for the best. I don't believe that. I believe prepare for the worst and hope for the best, right? Come on, even better. My buddy Brett said it like this. He said, expect God's best, but prepare for battle. Come on, somebody. Expect God's best, but prepare for battle. See, John Maxwell, my friend, because he always says, my name is John Maxwell, and I am your friend. So no, I don't know him personally, but I call him my friend because he said it. So my friend John Maxwell, I'm not just quoting people I know, right? My friend John Maxwell says, anything worthwhile is an uphill battle. Everything worthwhile is an uphill battle. There's going to be obstacles, and you need to fight for it, right? So how do we stay hopeful in the midst of a hopeless situation? Well, number one, remember who your father is. Come on, some of us, if we just remembered, he made the son, y'all. I mean, he made the sun. Do you know what the sun is? I didn't have enough time to do research on the details of the sun. Otherwise, I would put it up there so you could see how magnificent the sun is. But he made the sun. He told the oceans where to stop. He spoke and the world became. He sent his son to die for us and promises us. Do you remember who your father is? I'm sure you've heard this saying before, but it's like, hey, man. Stop telling God how big your problems are and start telling your problems how big your God is, right? Come on, remember who your father is. And point number two, remember the promises that he gave you. Some of you had a vision, a mission. God made you a promise. And when difficulty came, you forgot about what he said to you, right? I mean, even Romans 8.28, it actually says... And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his good purpose. Here's the thing, guys. God didn't say everything would be good, but he said he's gonna work it out together for your good. So when you're walking through a difficult situation, instead of focusing on this looks bad right now, start focusing on how is he gonna work this for my good? Because he's made me a promise. Come on, have you ever been in a situation where something looked bad and years later, you're like, I'm so glad that happened, right? God is working things out. Remember the promise that he made you. And third, remember all the times that he pulled you through. Come on, Journey Church, do you remember? How many times has he pulled you out of an addiction, out of a relationship? He pulled me out of poverty. He pulled us out of so many situations. How often do we in those moments remember what God has already bought us through. See, sometimes, Journey, all we need to do is remember. Remember God's goodness, right? And I'm not gonna go into the whole story because you've probably heard it before, but if you haven't, you can go over to Numbers 13 and read about Joshua and Caleb. But here's the thing Joshua and Caleb were the only ones, and they actually made it into the promised land because they believed in God and had faith in God. And God actually helped them drive out all of those enemies. But here's the thing they were focused on God and not the battle. Let me ask you a question, Journey Church. What are you focused on? Are you focused on the news? Are you focused on the job that you lost, the person that got away, the raise that you didn't get? See, God didn't bring you this far to leave you in the wilderness. See, God brought you this far because he wants to take you further. But in order to get there, you have to remember where you come from. And that actually leads me to my last point. Remember where you come from, right? Right? I love this verse, Philippians three twenty and 21. I don't read it enough, but when I read it, I was in, in my car, I wasn't driving, but I read it in my car, I had to be clear on that, and I got excited in the car, right? Somebody that was next to me was like, is he okay? I got excited, because I get excited over the word of God. And we're gonna read this together. Here's Philippians three twenty. it says this. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. Come on, somebody. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his Authority. Come on, somebody need to hear that. First of all, you are a citizen of heaven. Some of you have been fighting for citizenship. God says you already got it. You don't even need to pay for it. You're already in. You're a citizen of heaven. And some of you that's been struggling with health, God says, Here's the thing I'm going to give you new bodies. I'm going to restore your mortal bodies into new bodies. And the best part for me is this. And he's going to bring everything under his reign. All of the wars going on, he's going to bring under his reign. All the things going on, he's going to bring under his reign. Everything will submit to Jesus and everything will be perfect. So here's the thing, Journey Church. Why focus on the things of this world that are fading when God is telling you, don't focus on that. Focus on the glory. Focus on your citizenship. Focus on all the amazing things. That I'm doing in your life because if you will focus on that it'll restore the hope inside of your life and see journey church I just y'all in my family so I want to share something personal with y'all and I'll be honest at first I thought about it and I'm like you know people think I'm a little bit crazy sometimes because I share a little too much are you that guy anybody in here like me you just share a little too much they're like for, my wife said, first date I'm like by the way I'm an alcoholic addict got recovered by Jesus you know was broken but I'm still broken a little bit better. She's like, really? That's how you're going to start, you know? But I'm very honest, you know what I'm saying? Like my first time coming out here, y'all knew I was an addict. I'm not trying to hide it, right? I am that guy. And so right now in this season, um, remember how I said, in this life you will have trials and trouble, right? You're going to get curveballs, but take heart. So Friday, last Friday, not this past one, the one before, was a good day. At least it started that way. Come on, somebody. Anybody have those? At least it started that way. We just left a meeting in Boca with a school that we've been talking to because we're trying to create Recovery Church Institute where we're going to actually build a school for people to get an education. They can get their AAs, their BAs, their Masters, but they're going to do it in an affordable way. Come on. I'm not going to say nothing bad about school. It is expensive. Some of y'all have been paying off your your student loans since 1965, and you still paying them. Come on. We want to create something where people can get an education at an affordable rate so we We can equip people to go out and do the work of God whether it's becoming a pastor in theology school whether you learn a trait we want to help empower people to go out there get educated and make a difference so last Friday we finally met with the school we kind of came up with a deal and everything was perfect and I was excited I'm like God we've been praying for this So, I wanted to go celebrate, and y'all know I don't drink. So, you know, recovering people like me, the way we celebrate, we go to Starbucks. They have $100 coffees there, that's how we roll. You know what I'm saying? We don't go there often, but you know, on a celebratory day, we're going to hit Starbucks. You feel what I'm saying? So, I'm over at Starbucks enjoying my $100 coffee, balling, right? And I'm enjoying it, and I'm like, man, what a great day. And then I go home that night. When I got home, I got this letter in the mail. And see, most of you, a lot of you know this, some of you don't. I told you before, I was born in France. You know that I'm French and I was born there. And I came here when I was seven years old. And at seven years old, when I came here, my father was legally here and could have got me citizenship, but he wants nothing to do with us. I've never met the guy. So for years and years and decades, we tried to get me legal, we couldn't. Then 10 years ago, they came up with this whole DACA stuff, right? And this whole DACA stuff, And I don't know where it came from. It just works for me, praise God. They said, hey, you're not gonna be a permanent resident. Well, we're gonna give you the ability to live and work in the US. If you came here when you were a kid and couldn't make a decision to be here, we're not just gonna kick you out like that. We're gonna give you an opportunity. And so 10 years ago, I was like, man, praise God. Right around the time I got sober too. And I was like, thank God, right? So we applied for the DACA. I'm legally allowed to work and stay here. And, and But then I got married years ago and then my wife and I applied for more permanent residency because we're like, hey man, like, let's, let's do this. I have a wife and kids and this is what we know, right? I've been here since I was seven. America's all I know, you know, y'all sang the song before, this land is my land, this land is, you know what I mean, this is my land, you know what I'm saying, I'm from here, I've been here since I was a kid, I get home that night, and you know, we had applied a couple years ago, my wife and I, and and then COVID happened and slowed everything down, and and then so this past Friday, after the victory of, hey, we're building a school, y'all, I get a letter in the mail. You guys can put it up. It's not that clear. It says February 11th, but I got it uh, last Friday. And the part that the circle says, after thorough review of your application and the record of evidence, we regret to inform you that we have denied your application. Go to the next page. And then it says, you can't see, you are not authorized to remain in the United States. You have 33 days from receiving this letter, the 11th, to depart. What a great day. All I know is America. All I know is what I've built here. That's what my family knows. It's what my kids know. It's what my wife knows. And all of a sudden, the rug gets pulled from under you, and they said, not, you're not going to lose your job. You're losing everything. You can't stay here. And it continued to say, and if you don't leave, we're going to file actions to bring you in this removal proceeding where we're going to actually remove you and you can't even come back and visit. And I wish I could say that I had faith and I took the paper and I crumbled it up and threw it in and said, not today, Satan. I was angry. I was sad. I was frustrated. I was scared. Come on. I mean, I've been doing this my whole come on you're doing good finally at least when I was doing drugs and being crazy and stupid it's different I'm like man I'm trying to build a church I'm trying to build this thing to help people become better and today you're gonna tell me that I need to leave all I know is my family a journey What what am I gonna do without my community you know so so that day I I was frustrated I was anxious. But I remembered that his mercies are renewed every day. So I went to sleep. Sometimes we just need to sleep it off. So I went to sleep and the next morning I woke up and true story, I got down on my knees in my living room and I said, Lord, I'm sorry for how I reacted, not responded yesterday. God, I'm not here for me. God, I'm here for you. And God, you send me wherever you want. And God, if it's here, I'll take it. If it's there, I'll take it. You know where the promise is and wherever the promise is, wherever you are, that's where I want to be. So God, I am surrendering all of it. Just please bring my wife in agreement. I don't want her to be unhappy wherever we go. True story. But God, I trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Five o'clock in the morning, I grab my stuff, I get in my car, I start driving, and a family member of mine from Journey Church called, and he's like, hey, what's up, Junior? I'm like, good, man, but I got some bad news yesterday. He's like, what's going on? I told him, I'm like, listen, man, they told me I got 33 days to leave, not from today, but from the 11th of this month. We're getting close. And he's like, listen, man, I got all the right attorneys, I got the best attorneys. Don't you worry about this, God's gonna fix this. And even if he doesn't, we're gonna follow you, we're gonna be with you, we're gonna stick with you throughout the whole thing. But don't worry, we're gonna get this taken care of. Hours later, his assistant calls me and says, Junior, I've seen cases like this before, I've already got an attorney lined up for you, don't worry, we're gonna take care of all the legal fees and everything that you're dealing with. God has got you taken care of, we're gonna handle this. We're gonna handle this. Come on, Journey, that's why you need to be connected to community. It's somebody in this place that in a moment where I didn't know what to do, God sent a man to say, our team will take care of all of it for you. I met with the attorney. The attorney says, we're going to have to refile everything, but I think it might work. But I just want to let you know, Journey, at that moment, I had a choice. I said, listen, I could either wallow in pity and say I've only got a few more weeks left in America, potentially. My life sucks and stay in the house and cry about it. Or I can go enjoy the beach, I only got a few weeks left. There ain't no beaches in Paris, you feel what I'm saying? I'm like, listen, if I got to leave anyway, I'm gonna go around this whole land. I'm gonna eat all the delicious American cheeseburger food, the stuff they ain't got in France, I'm hitting the beach. I'm gonna do all of it, why? Because I can't change it anyway. What does it change for me to sit here and be upset? What will it change for me to be here and be sad? Man, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I really don't, Journey. None of us know. You've been here through my addiction. You've been here through my eviction. Let's see what happens. I didn't even know I was going to say that. That actually rhymes. Addiction, eviction. Come on. And hopefully I'll be here to preach again in 33 days. But if not... Thank God for YouTube. I'll preach a message online and you can watch it. But Journey, I just want to remind you of this. How do you stay hopeful in a situation that feels hopeless? Don't focus on the letter. Don't focus on what's broken. Focus on the promise that he made you. Remember who your father is. He already told me I'm a citizen, right? And I am in a promised land. And maybe the promised land is going to change for the next season. But here's what I can promise you wherever God puts me, I'm going to rejoice and thank him because that's why he designed me and created me, right? And so today, Journey Church, what I want to do is, man, I want you guys, if you don't mind, can you stand up? There's so many people in our world that's broken, that's hurting so much pain going around, so much war that I just want you guys to extend a hand in a direction, whatever direction you want, but let's start praying for people in this place, let's start praying for our country, let's start praying for the brokenness, because here's what I can tell you, God hears, he heard my prayer that day, when I released it, a man called and helped me to find deliverance from it, so knowing that God is listening if you guys will just close your eyes and bow your heads with me and let's pray God, I thank you God, we thank you for the amazing, wonderful God that you are. God, we thank you that you're a promise maker and a promise keeper. God, we thank you for Journey Church and all the relationships we've been able to build in this house. God, we thank you that you listen and you hear not just the little things that we're walking through and talking about to our friends, but God, you even hear the innermost anxiety in our hearts. And God, we just want to pray for our world. God, there's so much destruction and war and brokenness. God, would you bring healing to this world? God, we want to lift up Barbara Ball, Pastor Scott's mom. She has meant so much to so many. Father God, there's so many times that she's just walked by and gave me encouragement, God. And when I was dealing with something that made me sad, Father, I would just remember the words that she spoke. God, would you comfort her and be with her right now in this moment? Be with the Ball family. God, thank you for the Ball family and what they've done and what they've sacrificed to create this place that, God, you knew that all of us would need. God, this place has helped me walk through addiction, God, but this place has also walked me through and helping me walk through right now this eviction notice. But, God, you knew this day would come. This is not a surprise to you. You didn't turn to Jesus and say, Jesus. Did you see the war? Did you see the junior God? Did you see the Barbara? Did you see? You already knew and you already have a plan and a solution for all of us. And God, we thank you that today we as a church are not going to focus on the bad news, but we're going to focus on your word and your promises. And we're going to trust God that we're going somewhere. And God, we just thank you. That You're a God that we can run to. So God, all over this room, all over Boynton, all over online, there are people that are struggling with things. Lord, would you meet them right where they are? And would you bring healing into their hearts and their lives and restore hope that's been lost? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I love you guys, thank you.